truck and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Thanks for hopping on here at Live and On Demand on The Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is the number. 888-900-3393. That's how you can reach us here at The Blaze. Or you can reach us via the stevedace.com inbox. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. A lot going on here today. Got to warn you, we have a short week. We're here today and tomorrow. We've got a special kind of a thing we do on an annual basis, 4th of July, Independence Day commemoration here on the program. And then we are off for a long Independence Day weekend and won't be back again until Tuesday of next week. All right. Uh, Coming up a little bit later on here today, though, a lot of regular Tuesday business and order. Uh, Fake news or not coming your way next hour, as well as Pop Culture Tuesday. And I don't know if you saw this. But like the number one podcast in the world last week, and I I saw this posted on sports message boards, people were talking about this that I go to, uh, was Joe Rogan, the Fear Factor guy, talking UFOs with a guy named Bob Lazar. And now there's a Netflix special about him as well. We're going to we're going to touch on this with Pop Culture Tuesday next hour. This is where we look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism. Because there's, I I listened to this entire podcast. Were UFOs also your jam back in the day? Like Like, A little bit, but it's something I haven't paid attention to in like 20 years. So for those of you who aren't sure what Todd is referencing, if you're new here, when I was younger, I was all into the occult. I mean, I read everything on on conspiracies, the Kennedy assassination. Jim Mars was my homeboy. Uh, I read everything on the Bermuda Triangle, uh, UFOs. Um, you know, um, you weren't in the occult. You were just into it. Into it. Uh, Aleister Crowley. I I was fascinated with a lot of that stuff. I read all kinds of stuff about it. And I and and I listened to this. I, I think for me as a believer, particularly one with a platform the size of the one that I do, when the culture in mass goes to places of spiritual or existential basis. I, I kind of feel it's my job to if nothing else, do some recon to figure out what's going on here. What, what, what conversation is taking place here? Because, you know, we come to the table with a worldview that makes the bodacious claim. It can answer all of these existential questions, right? And again, you said this was the most popular podcast. It, yes, yeah, it was trending like number one in the world last week or the week in the, in the or the week before. Wow! And it's a two-hour conversation, Joe Rogan, and I guess this is, I guess this guy's podcast is hugely popular. Yeah, Rogan? I only knew him oh, from yeah. the fear from Fear yeah. Factor. All right. So if you're wondering, I've mentioned his name a couple times in the last few days. It's because I had it, I couldn't get through it all in one setting. It's a two-hour podcast. But I have listened to the entire thing. And I, I attempted to watch the Netflix documentary uh, that, that this was promoting. I attempted to watch this the other night, and I got to tell you, I fell asleep like 20 minutes into it. It bored me. But um, I, I think I got the gist of what's going on here. And I was, I was fascinated with the worldview that Mr. Rogan brought to the table. Because I would 100% agree with 50% of it. But we'll talk about that coming up uh, a little bit later on in the show.
Um, also, coming up here at the bottom of the hour, you've heard us talking about Swiss America in the past. Jim Carrillo from Swiss America is going to join us. And we're going to take a look at some of the recent socioeconomic geopolitical trends that are happening uh, here domestically and across the globe as well to keep you as best informed as we possibly can. Along those lines, maybe you've seen what's going on with gold recently. Uh, prices are finally starting to reflect today's crazy financial world. If you've been thinking about buying gold lately, you're in good company. People own gold for several good reasons. For example, central banks, governments, investors, big and small, uh, are, are running to gold for protection against a falling dollar out of control, government spending, not to mention just good old-fashioned profit. Call Swiss America today at 800-289-2646, which spells 800 by coin, by the way. 1-800-289-2646 for the timeless truth about gold. Experts say now is the time to take action before gold prices hit new record highs. Again, 800-289-2646 or SwissAmerica.com. That's SwissAmerica.com. And now here's Aaron with what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by drinking out of a toilet. After a recent visit to a detention center for illegal aliens, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez tweeted, just left the first Customs and Border Patrol facility. I see why CBP officers were being so physically and sexually threatening towards me. Officers were keeping women in cells with no water and has told them to drink out of the toilets. This was them on their good behavior in front of members of Congress. When asked about it later, she said, There's abuse in these, in these facilities. There's abuse. This was them on their best behavior, and they put them in a room with no running water, and these women were being told by CBP officers to drink out of the toilet. They were drinking water out of the toilet. And that was them knowing a congressional visit was coming. That was This is CBP on their best behavior, telling people to drink out of the toilet. So uh, why didn't you do anything about it? Moving on, protesters in Hong Kong managed to break into a government building to voice their displeasure with an agreement regarding extradition between the tiny nation and China. The agreement would have allowed Hong Kong to extradite fugitives from Hong Kong to mainland China. Nike recently announced a new shoe design featuring the Betsy Ross American flag in celebration of Independence Day. Former football player and current Nike spokesman Colin Kaepernick convinced them to ditch the shoes, saying they were offensive. For some reason, Doug Ducey, the governor of Arizona, lambasted Nike on Twitter this morning while announcing the state is pulling all financial incentives it's offered the company over its plans to make a large manufacturing plant in the city of Goodyear, Arizona. You may have heard of the website called Think Progress. It fancies itself as some sort of Marxist, lefty think tank and advocacy group and has a columnist named Ian Milheiser who advocates for violence against political enemies. Anywho, the group that owns Think Progress is putting it up for sale. I got you a dollar. Oh, you almost had it. You've got to be quicker than that. Twitter suspended the account of somebody who merely posted a video of violence committed by Antifa in Portland, Oregon over the weekend. No word from the company on why this person was suspended. A headmistress of a primary school in the United Kingdom suspended and told two children they were disappointments to the school after refusing to take part in LGBT education. Oreos has a new special edition cookie. It's called the Share Your Pronouns with Pride edition. No, seriously. Let's check in on Chuck Schumer, shall we? Pride, 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 pride,
The mother of Desmond Napolis, the preteen drag queen, is upset after a convicted pedophile called her son quote-unquote sexy. President Trump announced military tanks will be a part of his Independence Day salute to America. And finally, who among us has not just broken out in a game of ping pong while riding on the subway? And that's what happened while we were away. Aaron's Montage brought to you by realestateagentsitrust.com. If you're in the real estate market like so many are, particularly this time of year and with a relatively robust economy, make sure that you sign up with an agent that you can trust. This was a company started by Glenn Beck and some of his associates several years ago who were tired of real estate agents who talked a good game but then didn't deliver the desired results when called upon and needed the most. And you learn the hard way when you have an experience like that that you're looking for an agent that checks all three of these boxes. Number one, someone with a track record of being successful in real estate. I know that would seem to be automatic, but don't take it for granted. Uh, number two, uh, someone who does study the data, the, the algorithms, uh, knows all those things. But, you know, in every algorithm, and I'm a data guy, so I can tell you this, you know, you, you make your money not by honoring the algorithms. You make your money by acknowledging the outliers because anybody can just, you know, come up with, um, you know, playing percentages. But do you know why a house on your street is priced lower or higher than you would like to price yours? Those are the kinds of outliers we're talking about that you need to be looking at. So somebody that doesn't spare the details and then somebody who's kind returns calls is personable. This is a highly relational process between you and your agent. And if that rapport is not there, the likelihood it's going to be successful uh, declines all the more. So if you're looking for an agent that checks all three of those boxes, then you're looking for this website, realestateagentsitrust.com. That's realestateagentsitrust.com. Um, I want to begin, I, I just want to make sure I don't run out of time. So I want to start here, gentlemen. Uh, the mother of the, of the child that she's turned into a drag queen who has who is upset that uh, a, a pedophile is finding her son sexually attractive you stupid woman what did you think was going to happen when you pimped out your son and turned him into a sex object you're an idiot you're a moron get your stuff together you're ruining your kid you're encouraging creeps and pervs who ought to be chemically castrated for life, if not executed. This is all your fault, woman. All your fault. You did this to your son yourself. You're not a victim. You're a freaking idiot. Get your act together and get your stuff together before something really tragic happens to your son beyond the tragic you've already done to your son signed society let's move on i don't know why you would buy think progress as someone that has been a favorite of this website over the years they have done more than their share of public relations uh, for me and my content and I can't thank you enough for helping us get the word out. But um, what's their niche? I mean, that's already what the New York Times is doing, CNN is doing, MSNBC is doing. I mean, 
what, what, you know, like four or five years ago, think progress was like edgy on the left, right? You know, they, they did the kind of trolling that more respectable institutions of media uh, driven content on the left didn't want to have to dirty their hands with, but you know, all those, all those restraints are now gone in these newsrooms now. So, I mean, in, if they, in fairness, if, the, the niche of think progress is the staff of think progress, but continue. Yes. What, what's special about them? Well, they work for think progress. Yeah. But, but what's, but, but, but I, I can find their legion. I mean, you can, I, I can find, I can find, a, a, an army of people just to write trolling articles from Southern Poverty Law Center press releases about the right. You know, the problem that the, that Think Progress has, has is now that all the restraints, you know, there's just certain things that, you know, people that worked at places like the New York Times and the Washington Post and CNN, didn't. there were certain hand-dirtying uh, subject matters that, that they, they wouldn't, castigate but they kind of just needed the mother joneses of the world to do this these things for them well they're they're putting them they're printing them all now they're they're doing them all now this is cnn's primetime lineup every night so sooner or later you just run into if you don't have a sugar daddy i i don't know what the market is for think progress when folks with a lot uh, more um uh, respected platforms names brands are are now mainstream doing all the things that Think Progress was doing on the, you know, in the bowels of the of the leftist blogosphere four or five years ago. There's no market for them now. You're saying what happens when all of journalism becomes run by yes. Je- by Desmond's mom? Yes, basically. when it's all when it's all Mother Jones now. Yeah. When it's when it's all when it's all Think Progress now. When it's all MoveOn.org now. When it, when it's all that, I I don't know what do you need them for. What what what's different? You know, I mean, that's why BuzzFeed still does you know stupid pet tricks and all those sorts of things. They they'd really be just they'd really like to just be doing the stuff you know that uh, that that Think Progress is doing that with the trolling uh, stuff. But they can't survive economically on that now because that market is oversaturated. All the restraint is gone. All all the stuff that the, that the New York Times thought it was just beneath us to put this in our op-ed pages. They just put it there now. And you're lucky if they, if they only relegate it to the op-ed page. Frankly, it's it's in their reporting on a daily basis now. So, you know, you're 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 not moving up in the world anymore. It's you're you're just kind of moving sideways going from one of these spots to the other. There's no market for this level of leftist skullduggery because it's just called mainstream now, you know? Can I interject something else as well? Were either of you surprised that this was actually this was actually a thing because uh, the reason why I say this is because I just assumed that Think Progress and websites of their ilk are just paid for by some mega lefty donor. Yeah, and that could I was be, surprised and, that there was even some notion of economic re- realities with these people. And it could just very well be that that particular donor and, or donors that they had, because I'm sure they were, but those donor donors probably decided, why am I paying you when I could write a check to Pete Buttigieg every month too? <laughs> and he's doing a better job of embarrassing Franklin Graham than you ever could. And he's, on a, he's doing it with a better audience than you are. I mean, Pete Buttigieg is raising $23 million last quarter to get 6% in the first post-Democratic uh, debate Iowa caucus poll. Six. 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 Guys, six. So if you're just in this to troll the right, if you're just in this to pull the right's pants down, he's much better at it. 
Find a and more as a bigger platform than Think Progress does. Yeah, he's a better proxy. By the way, that Iowa poll, we're going to break that down today in overtime because there's a couple of numbers there that are, whoa, Nelly. All right? And it's the only poll that matters. Don't look at any of these national polls. None of them matter. What matters is what the people of Iowa say between now and February 3rd. And as the great prophets at Metallica once saying, nothing else matters. Nothing else matters. Nothing else matters except what the people of Iowa in the Democratic circles believe. Not a panel on a network. Nothing matters except what the people of Iowa think between now and February 3rd. Because between now and February 3rd, the people of Iowa are going to dictate what the rest of these people think starting on February the 4th. Okay? So the, the first poll of Iowa post-debate is a doozy. So we're going to spend our overtime today for our Blaze TV subscribers talking about that. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, uh, blazetv.com slash dace get you uh, a special discount uh, to subscribe to the Blaze and they'll give you a chance to not just watch today's overtime, but all of the exclusive content, including uh, the Steven Crowder shows that, is, that are getting banned from big tech. You get all of that stuff. Blazetv.com slash dace. We'll talk about that first post-debate Iowa caucus poll. Uh, but we got to make sure we have enough time here, gentlemen, to discuss what's happening with Nike. There's a, there's a, there's a couple of larger stories at play here. So before we get to the low-lying fruit, and, and it's not that we are opposed to low-lying fruit on our show. You know? I thrive on it. Yeah. I depend on it. <laughs> yeah, but, but when, when there's a higher, we, we can't do the low-lying, the low-lying fruit clickbait stuff at the expense of the bigger story. That's, that's, the, that's what we mean. All right. We got to get clicks, too. We're capitalists as well. Let's not, you know, we're doing broadcasting here as, as best we can through a narrow gate, which doesn't always, you know, make it easy here. But, um, you know, we, we've got to get paid as well. So there is a clickbaity aspect of this, and we are definitely going to touch on that. And I've already, I've already approached it a couple of times on social media prior to the show today. But there's a larger theme I saved for this program that I haven't addressed yet. This is another example that whenever these pagans come to you, because that's really what we're dealing with here. You're dealing with paganism. You can call them liberals if you want. There really aren't too many liberals anymore. You can call them progressives if you want, but there's different kinds of progressivism. You know, um, Really, in, in this case, you're talking about a spirit of the age progressivism, a, a religious movement that is competing for prominence in the hearts, within the hearts and minds of the populace. But when you break it down, where they ultimately want to go and, and the assertions they ultimately start with are really just paganism. Because they're really not progressing to anything. They're regressing. These aren't, none of these arguments are new. None of these tactics are new. There is nothing new under the sun, just new people under the sun who have yet to hear the old stuff yet. That's all. Okay, so we were assured that they weren't protesting the flag when Kaepernick and others began the kneeling back in 2016. We were assured, by the way, Colin Kaepernick, we've talked about all the people that should get a residual for Donald Trump getting elected president, whoever advised Hillary Clinton not, never to go to Wisconsin is a popular one. Um, Hillary Clinton getting running in the first place is the most popular one. Okay, but Colin Kaepernick should get it is, should be on that list somewhere. And we talked about this a few years ago. I even did a video about it for CRTV at the time. Go look at Trump's polling numbers before and after 
Kaepernick began kneeling in NFL games that September. That was like one of the biggest boosts Trump received in the public polls. The entire campaign was post-Kaepernick. He played a very, he played a role in waking up, organizing, inspiring Trump's potential electorate. No question about that. But we were assured all this time that this wasn't about protesting the flag. Just like you were assured, you know, we want abortions to be safe, legal, and rare. And then it's shout your abortion now. Just like you were assured, and we were assured that what, what two people want to do that are consenting adults in the privacy of their own bedroom will remain there because it's nobody's business but theirs. And, you know, why would their, why would their gay marriage impact your life at all? How, how, how's their gay marriage impacted your life? And then it became bake the cake bigot, and we're going to shove this so far down your kids' throats that they'll actually rebel against it according to the latest polling numbers before you will because they're just sick of hearing it. We were assured that they didn't want to upset any societal norms. They just wanted to make sure two loving people in a same-gendered relationship could have the same benefits and hospital visits as everybody else. And now we've got dudes who finished 290th in the NCAA track and field championships last year, deciding a merely year later that they're a chick and then running away with the national championship dominating women. We were assured that, you know, we just have to, we need government to do for people what, what it can't do for themselves. You know, what they can't do for themselves, and we need a safety net, you know, and, and now we have a full-fledged welfare state where we're trillions upon trillions of dollars in debt, not even counting unfunded liabilities and mandates to come. Shall I go on? This was always about the flag, and this was always about America. Now, it, it was for the likes of, of Kaepernick, because, you know, I mean, he's had a rotten life, guys. I mean, what white America has done to him, adopting him out of squalor and giving him a life, uh, giving him, a you know, the, the two white parents that adopted that kid, uh, you know, the, this college scholarship that his white football coach at the University of Nevada gave him uh, when he was being recruited by almost nobody else. His white NFL coach, Jim Harbaugh, drafting him in the second round when nobody thought he had any chance to play in the NFL at all. And then cutting a white guy, cutting a white guy from the most conservative state in the country, Utah, well, benching him. Alex Smith, in order to make way for, um, for, for, for Colin Kaepernick. I mean, when you've just been kicked to the groin as many times as he has. It's a trail of tears, it, it, Steve. It, it is. I mean, how do you get up off the mat when you have been kicked to the jimmy, to the twigs and berries by life, where you have a house with that, with, where the closet of shoes is bigger than most people's homes? How do you manage? I, I don't know how you get up every day and just think to yourself, I don't know. Got to finish the ratio. I don't know how you do it. But it's a study of perseverance, no question about it. So maybe he was a true believer. And I think the rest of these NFL players just glommed on because they just thought it was the cool thing to do. The cool kids were doing it. And, you know, you still had Woke Center back in, uh, three years ago pimping you out, you know, as, uh, uh, as, as the next Renaissance man every night on ESPN amongst your peer group. But we were assured the entire time this wasn't about protesting the flag. 
Until now it is. We're going to protest the flag. We can't have Betsy Ross. Who, by the way, made that flag in a pre-suffrage America. Who made that flag at a time where she couldn't own private property. As a woman. What? She's not a victim now because she made a flag? Because, you know, you're right. When you think of who's had it harder in life, Phil Knight at Nike or Betsy Ross. Because I like my virtue signaling. Um, I, I like it from, from progressive trillionaires who don't have time for Betsy Ross's flag, but do have time to pay 11-year-old girls in Thailand 18th century wages to make their damn shoes for them. See, this is another reminder. Everything this movement offers, and when I say everything, Everything. Circle it, fry it, boil it, saute it, all right? Put it in bold, put it in italics, put it in sequence, highlight it. Hell, douse it with a rainbow. Everything this movement ever promises you about restraint is a lie. Everything is. And it's the same pattern every time. They promise you coexistence until they think they have the advantage. And then it's dominance every time. You cannot accommodate this. You must defeat it. For it will not accommodate you. For you are who it is attempting to defeat. Anytime they promise you, this will only go this far. You're right. And you can't get pregnant the first time, or if you do upside down handstands after it's over, too. These are all lies. All lies. Don't believe any of it. They don't believe it. They never intended to do this. They were lying to you all along. And, and that's the larger point about this I wanted to make. Because all of the other clickbaity stuff, this is, this is the time, all of that is relevant, true, and right on the money. Everything you would do to clickbait, troll, Nike, and their hypocrisy to death, like I did a few minutes ago, pointing out how uh, they are still paying little girls in Thailand less than Betsy Ross made in the 18th century to make their shoes while they make trillions of dollars off the backs of their sweat. All of that tr is true. Hammer them into oblivion. Mad props to this governor of Arizona. See, this is, what we're, this is what we've been talking about on this show for years. But it's been given a new voice because Tucker Carlson has brought a lot of these points up in recent months. He's got a far bigger platform than we do. You know, I've, I've been asking the question for a year. If you're Texas... How much more how many how much more job growth do you need? What's what's the what's the price point of let me let me have Google import a whole bunch of beta or work votes so the next time he beats Ted Cruz for the Senate seat. Is is what that will cost? The same beta or work by the way who's who was campaigning in Mexico yesterday for the US presidency in Mexico. 
how much, how much, you're not an economically depressed area, bro. You're not Detroit. You're freaking Texas. How much more, how much more money, Governor Abbott, does your state need? So that the, the societal cost of that is more Beta O'Rourke voters. See, no one's even asking these kinds of questions. It's just assumed that anything that brings in more money and more revenue is just good. Why? That's the, that's the logical extension of life. That's, that's it. Just you know, whoever, whichever. I don't know. How many governors on their tombstones put had the highest job growth during his tenure? I would guess not too many governors do. Probably put loving father, loving mother, right? Stuff that really matters in life. You got to start thinking when corporations like Nike are weaponizing against you. And, and sometimes, a lot of places, you certainly can't get products you need or want without doing some form of business with people like this. You know, my, my car is broken down in the middle of the highway. If somebody comes in who knows how to fix it and it belongs to some pagan religion, I just need my car fixed at that moment. And I'll deal with the other part later. But your governments absolutely should not be enriching these people at the expense of them then importing forcefully more rot gut into your culture. Mad props to that governor of Arizona. May his house increase. More in a moment. Hey, do you struggle to get started each day, have bursts of productivity, but then you have that mid-afternoon crash, you start limping across the finish line? If you answered yes to any of those questions, you're one of the reasons why one of the huge growth industries in the country, energy drinks, energy supplements, things of that nature. Here's the thing, though. You ever thought that maybe I'm not a car, and therefore it's not a good idea for me to stop in at a gas station and get fueled Um where my car also gets fueled and, and buy some little bottle where I can't pronounce most of the ingredients on the back of the label. Um, what if you got your energy, nature, your creator's way? That's where the team of top physicians at Brickhouse Nutrition, that's where they come in. They've created an advanced formula to help um, you get your energy the way your body was intended to get it. It's called From Dawn to Dusk. And it gives you 10 hours of clean energy. So um, no afternoon crash, no jitters, no calories, and no sugar. You get improved focus and mood during that time as well. If you want to give it a shot, uh, use my name, Steve, as the promo code. When you go to the website, BrickHouseSteve.com. Again, it's called From Dawn to Dusk, BrickHouseSteve.com. Use promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order. Jim Carrillo joins us now from Swiss America. Good to have you with us here on The Blaze, Jim. How are you? I'm very good, Steve. How are you? I could be doing a little bit better, but I could be a lot worse, if you know what I'm saying. All right? so <laughs> Absolutely. You know, we were talking yesterday, Jim, about um, the numbers that came out yesterday. The U.S. has now set the record, uh, broke the record that it set in the late 80s, early 90s for the longest sustained uh, expansion of the economy. Uh, the most consecutive months of and quarters of economic growth. And we got to wondering, Correct. you know, where would those numbers be if we didn't have, where would, the, where, would the, where, would the, where would those numbers be if we didn't have the debt that we have right now? Like we're growing at about what, three three 3.25 at a clip is about the average right about now. How long, how long can we sustain this current expansion? 
And then where well, would those numbers be if we didn't have all the debt that we have now? Well, the expansion that we're seeing, most of it's uh, created through artificially low interest rates. Corporations can borrow at the lowest at the lowest rate that they've ever been able to borrow at, and then simultaneously, they've been repurchasing their own stocks because they can't get any yield in the banks. So rather than put the money into a bank account, which they would normally do, uh, and get a yield on it, um, float the money on Fed funds and et cetera, they're reinvesting it and buying back their own shares. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about you, but that's kind of, uh, it's crazy to really think about. Uh, where expansion would be today, uh, you know, the president's done a great job. You know, that's the first thing. Uh, but it's all being done through debt. Um, all of the, you know, our, our Fed, federal debt is continuing to climb. It's not backing off at all. That's not good. Uh, you can't sustain anything on debt. And the yield curve has gone negative um, to kind of put more of a spin on it. When you have a negative yield curve, uh, something's seriously wrong. That means you put money in short-term instruments and you get uh, a higher yield than you do putting it into tenure. Uh, tell me where that has any ability to sustain itself. Uh, we've got uh, negative yields now in France. Uh, so you put your money in the bank, you put $100,000 into a bank, you're guaranteed to get $99,950 back at the end of the year. Jim, I want to make sure I don't put words in your mouth. So let me translate. Let, let's see if we can translate this for the average person that, that's, that's listening and watching us here today on Blaze Radio TV and podcast. It sounds yeah. to me like you sort of view this as a bubble recovery. Is that, is that what I hear you saying, essentially? This is the longest U.S. economic expansion in history. Let me uh, explain that as best I can, and I'll try to go as slow as I can on this. Um, basically, we've had two of the steepest market climbs in history, back-to-back. -back. With the last one, the post-2018 crash rally, happening even as earnings were declining. So how irrationally exuberant was the last six months? Moreover, we've seen the market for a year now pricing in a quick resolution to the trade war. So that's totally irrational because it has not happened. Um, so yes is the answer, then. Oh, Absolutely. The P.E. ratios have never been higher, ever. So P.E., the profit-to-earnings ratio. Um, have you ever heard of the Schiller-Cape Index? If not, I would suggest that your followers go online, look up the Schiller-Cape Index. Basically, when the Cape Index is around 4 it means that you're going to pay $4 in stock for every dollar that stock earns. Today, at 33, it's the highest in human history. Wow. So in English, you're spending $33 for every 
dollar a company earns. That's insanely overvalued. This index is screaming that we're on the verge of a collapse. And I, I don't say that lightly because if you look at 1929, we're ahead of 1929 and the dot-com bubble. Wow. What if you were sitting in the White House right now, one-on-one with the President of the United States, what would you advise him to do in light of what you just shared with our audience, Jim? Well, at this point, we're basically at a point where credit rules. I mean, and it's not just there. I mean, the president's kind of between a rock and a hard spot, and he got delivered into this. This isn't his creation. And he's trying to get the GDP moving, and he is. But it's not moving quick enough because debt continues to escalate. If, if the economy was so good, um, Mr. President, if I was sitting in front of him, why can't we get a yield in our bank accounts? If the economy was actually good, we should be able to get 5% yield in the mm-hmm. banks like we used to. Mm-hmm. We're not getting any yield, and that's because <laughs> they need to keep the rates low to try to keep this thing going. And it's either so this, is, this, is, this is artificially inseminated, not. is what you're saying. Oh, absolutely it is. Mm. It, it absolutely. What... The notion that we can grow our way out of debt. You know, I've been hearing that as a child of the 80s. Back when we were freaking out about $400 billion deficits in 1991. Now most states are running those, let alone the U.S. Treasury uh, or U.S. Uh, government. <clears throat> the, I, I would assume you, you agree that we could grow our way out of debt if we decreased spending. But you're not going to grow your way out of debt as you continue to increase spending, right? That's just that math. That dog ain't going to hunt, period, right? No. No, the only reason that we're able to right now is because we're still the world's reserve currency. There's a lot of countries around the world, namely China, the Russians, um, and a lot of our you know creditors that are saying, well, you're paying me back with a piece of paper that's worth less than what I loaned you. That's why, you know, in the, over the last 10 years, we've been in the business of buying back our own debt. Um, it, Basically, we've been buying our own bonds back in order to artificially suppress those interest rates. No other country in the world can really get away with that. How do you artificially drop interest rate? You have to be able to print the money to buy back your own debt because we don't have the money. Mm -hmm. We're almost $23 trillion just in federal debt alone. So buying back your – it's kind of like using your MasterCard to pay your visa off. That'll work for a little while, but by artificially suppressing the interest rates, you're paying back, you know, fairly close to what you borrowed. If any, if all of a sudden China per se went back to a gold-backed currency of some sort, which their central bank has been huge buyer of gold for the last ten years, and has made no secret about the fact that they want to become the world's reserve currency. Uh, it would be ugly overnight. Meaning they would be able to go on the, to the global market and say, we've got nuclear weapons, almost as many as the Americans do. 
We got a massive standing army, even bigger than the one the Americans have. And now you don't have to be intimidated by them on a military level because we're, we're, we're the closest thing to their equal on the planet. But we can compete with them economically now because we have a commodity-based currency. Our, our money actually is worth something tangible that, that you can get your hands on. You don't have to be leveraged by the Americans anymore. Come and do business with us. Is that what I hear you saying? No. No. Uh, well... We we are the world's reserve currency. We basically are the currency that can be traded internationally right. without question. Right. Our currency is backed by nothing. That's my point. The Chinese would, would the Chinese if they went to a gold standard oh, would compete with that yes. and say, "Okay, I misunderstood." You, you, you don't have to be intimidated by the Americans militarily. You don't have to be intimidated by them now economically. You do business Correct. with us instead of the Americans now because our dollar, our our yen actually means something. That's what I hear you saying. That's exactly correct. The yuan would be the king because it's backed by a physical asset that has real value as opposed to backed by men that that are bankrupt. So why don't the Chinese do this then, especially in light of the trade war we're in with them at the moment? Why don't they do it? Uh, They're working their way towards it. It's been no secret. They've been talking about it, and they've got to get themselves positioned in a certain place. You know, if you think about it, I mean, we're, we're, we're going around, and the, the rest of the world is kind of getting fed up with, uh, with the dollar. And the cost of living in this country is going through the roof, not in just in this country, but worldwide. Here, i got something I'd like to share with you. Sure. Uh, I thought this was fascinating. I did a little bit of a research project that was just, you know, just brief, and it's very easy for anybody to do. Uh, I went back to the year 2000, you know, it's 19 years ago, okay? And so at the turn of the century to today, the Standard & Poor's Index in 2000 was 1425. Today it's 2959. That's a gain of 107% wow. over the course of 19 years. The median household income in 2000 was 43,000. Today it's 63,000. It's only up 45%. Do you know the U.S. home price is up from 119 to 226? That's 90%. So, my point in all of this. How can future generations, or even our, you know, the baby boomers, can go out and buy a home when their incomes only increased forty-five percent? They could barely afford a house in the year two thousand. Most people, right? And today, the house is twice as much, but your income has only gone up half of that. It's all being done through artificially low interest rates. This is a problem. It's a smoking gun because interest rates cannot continually be artificially suppressed. This is why, they, if you remember, they said they were going to increase rates five times last year. They did two and panicked and had to start lowering again. Why? Because the economy started to freeze. The problem with this, Steve is that we need to have a yield around the world or the banks will fail. The banks aren't able to get any kind of a spread in the amount of money that they're making. Because when they lend out money, they're not doing it on, you know, oh, well, you know, here's a quarter percent and we'll get a quarter percent. No, they have to get 
right. some basis points to continue to operate their bank. Well, there's at these low yields, this is why the banks are having so much of a problem. If you go take a look at bank stocks, most of them aren't at record highs, like the S&P and the Dow are. The S&P and the Dow are primarily at record highs because they're being driven by what are called the FANG stocks. Another problem there, and, uh, real quickly, with the FANG stocks is they're all extreme liberal-owned companies mm. that are buying back their own stock. You're mm-hmm. coming into an election here yep. where they could boot the president. Yeah. Well, and they're showing the latest. We have Nike, Google. They're weaponizing their profit margins now. They're not interested. You know, they went from funding a lot of the uh, the culture war causes people like me liked in the '80s and '90s to then going to neutrality. And now they're weaponizing. They're all in for the new paganism. You just saw it in Pride Month. Uh, you know, some of it's just ridiculous pandering, like Oreo with rainbow cookies. But a lot of it is weaponized. A lot of these companies are absolutely all in on the cultural rot gut uh, that the president's uh, most ardent evangelical base opposes. So that, that's right along the lines of, of, what you're, of what you're describing. This brings us to where we should probably conclude the conversation. What can our audience do to, to forearm themselves in case this bubble pops? For example, um, you know, every, people looked at cryptocurrencies. Now that bubble looks like maybe it's, it's had a, a major puncture in it. So are we back to the old standard of gold now again? Jim, that's where you look. In my opinion, yes. Uh, gold, uh, going back to that same analogy that I used, is up 385% through 2000. That's not an error. That's because monetary creation has caused the value of gold to raise 385%. It's the only asset that has actually done well since mm-hmm. the turn of the century. It's had a rough time in the last few years, but that's over now. It broke through all of its long-term moving averages and triggered a massive buy at the end of last month. So we feel that it's going to start to move again. The best thing I can suggest to people to do is put yourself on a personal gold standard. Do, watch what they do, not what they say. Look at what the central banks are doing. They're buying gold, but they're telling us not to. Why would that be? So they can own all the gold. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. not only that, because their 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 banks. If you start, if everybody walked in there and took a hundred thousand dollars out of their bank account and moved it into physical gold, into their retirement accounts or whatever, even diversified twenty or twenty five percent of their retirement account as an insurance policy against all that debt paper that is in their portfolios, they would be doing themselves a favor, but the banks would suffer and the financial industry, because once you own gold, you're exiting the system. When you own gold, they don't earn a commission on it. Mm -hmm. They can't earn a yield on it. They can't lend your money to somebody else. When you take $100,000 out of the banking system, we're on a fractional banking system. So, you know, remember the movie, It's a Wonderful Life. Right. Uh, You know, they they didn't have enough money to back their loans. So if you start pulling money out of the bank, they got to find money to replace that to back the outstanding loans that they currently have. So, heck no, you don't want to buy gold, uh, according to them. But from a personal standpoint, it's freedom, it's peace of mind. Because when the stock market collapsed back in 
just here the last time in 2008, 2009, 2010, gold went up 112%. Yeah, we learned in the Obama years, the only two things he could sell were guns and gold. We learned that uh, in the Obama years. I've got 30, I've, I've got 30 seconds, Jim, before a hard break and I got to let you go. Can you just All give right. me a quick thought on the trade war? Thumbs up or thumbs down if you were advising thumbs the president? Thumbs down. Okay. Uh, I think I think it's thumbs up for the president, thumbs down for the amount of time it's going to take. Okay. The Chinese are uh, are well. That's the point I try to make to our to audience. To make you're dealing with regimes that don't face an election every year. They don't care. Nope. You know, they'll just no. wait you out. And these are cultures that are eons older than ours. Fifty years is nothing to them. You know, to us, it's incon- it's an inconceivable amount of time, right? So, mm-hmm. all right, great stuff. Great stuff, Jim Carrillo from Swiss America. If you want to learn more, 1-800-289-2646. That's the number, 800-289-2646. Go to their website, SwissAmerica.com, SwissAmerica.com. God bless you, Jim. Thanks for joining us, man. Appreciate it. Take care. Thank you, Steve. We'll come back. I'm going to let you two kind of respond to uh, this conversation we just had with Jim. And fake news or not, coming up here as well as Pop Culture Tuesday, a jam-packed hour number two. Live and on demand on The Blaze. Stay tuned. And we are back live and on demand. Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. I'm Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393. Steve at stevedace.com. D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. If you're listening to us today via the podcast, thank you. If you wouldn't mind leaving us a five-star review on the podcast platform of your choice, thousands of you have done that for us already. Grateful to each and every one of you for doing that because the more of those we get, the more people like you we find the more likely we are to continue to get to uh, do this for a living. And I don't know, frankly, what else any of us can do. So thank you. Um, It would be weird if you had a stoplight at your kitchen table telling you when it was time to stop eating. That's why nobody does, because it would be weird. All right. Good thing is, though, uh, your body has a stoplight. It's called OEA. It's a signal that goes from the gut to the brain to say, hey, we're full down here. We can stop eating. Kick that metabolism into high gear. Let's get active and get on with the rest of our day. Unfortunately, for too many of us, that signal just isn't as strong as it needs to be or it used to be. That's where Riduzone comes in. This isn't a bunch of chemicals, stimulants, caffeine. All right, this is really about just putting the OEA back in your body. That's pretty much all Riduzone is, is that OEA, that signal. Who knows? This could be the missing link to you and you're losing the battle with your bulge if you want to find out. If that's the case, my name's Steve. I'll get you a special offer. When you go to the website, riduzone.com, R-I-D-U-Z-O-N-E for riduzone.com. Well, that was a doozy of a conversation we just had with uh, Jim Carrillo over at Swiss America. Encouraging and uplifting. Um, why am I always just right about the really bad stuff? You ever notice that? The worse a situation is, the more accurate my analysis seems to be. <laughs> so I have said to this audience how many times we don't have a real economy. This thing is artificially inseminated. I didn't know what Jim's answers to these questions were going to be. I mean, I, I didn't. That's the first time I've ever spoken to Jim. So I'm, I didn't like prime the pump here. We didn't game the system. I didn't set it up for him. And what he what he told you is is pretty much my analysis of the situation that. 
we won't have the, you know, you'll have small C crashes or corrections, if you prefer that word. But the apocalyptic notions won't happen because we don't have a real economy. So we don't have a real business cycle. We don't have a real economic cycle. We have, um, we have a, a leverage-based economy, meaning we have a bigger army and we're more powerful than you. And therefore, and our currency is the default currency of the world. So don't, don't mess with us, period. That, that's kind of the game, right? That's why we are getting away. No one in world history has had this level of dominance over a global marketplace because there's never really been a global marketplace in history until now. And so when you combine our military might with, our, with, with, the, with the fact we're the default currency for the world, we pretty much dictate terms. But if someone were to come along, like Jim Carrillo speculated China might do, and put a real currency on the market, I think there's all kinds of regimes in this world, including a lot of very wealthy ones, that would love to tell us to stick it where the sun don't shine. And with the protection of the Chinese military, they wouldn't have to worry about us exerting any other forms of leverage over them as well. And that's, I think that also makes this trade war fascinating. And he, fa- he verified what I told you yesterday. It's hard to win leverage fights with regimes that aren't operating with the same stipulations and, um, and, and, and with the same pressures you are. So, you know, we're all focused on the 2020 election. We're like, man, that's like 500 days away. How am I going to put up with it? I mean, all the internet and all the biased fake news, right? We're all like freaking out. We're all freaking out about it. I was watching a show the other night. Or no, it was it church Sunday? And we did a, and the message is on fears. And one of the fears that people were admitting to is the 2020 election. We're all freaking out about how negative it's going to get. The Shycoms are not worried about the 2020 election or the 2022 or the 2024. They're the election. They have the control. So if you were dealing with a true market-based competitor on a global marketplace, something like putting a tariff on them and intimidating with it would have a lot of leverage. But when you're dealing with a totalitarian regime that will just give its people a cheaper brand of cell phone next year in order to wait you out, okay, McLovin, we got 50 years, you know? Where are you guys going to be 50 years from now? So I, I found that conversation with Jim Carrillo to be sadly um, confirming most of our analysis that I, I really hope had been wrong. But what do you gentlemen think? Go ahead. Well, let me, let me take a, a skeptical point of view here for those of you in our audience. And I know some of you are probably thinking this uh, and, and saying, well, Jim, yes, um, he's with Swiss America, though. His job is to pimp gold um, and sell as much of that as possible. And uh, you would be, I mean, you would be right. That's his job. I mean, he's, he's trying to, um, I, I mean, he sees it as a mission, obviously, from what, from what we hear from him. But let me ask you this question as well, in the macro sense. Um, what was the last lesson the United States federal government learned about anything? Can you think, can you think of one off the top of your head? A lesson from history, a lesson from practical, you know, application of a principle you think you know. When was the last time the United States learned anything, uh, the federal government learned anything? And I'm talking about, of course, the Federal Reserve with interest rates and tinkering as much as they possibly can uh, allow themselves to do with the interest rates uh, and things of that nature. 
Uh, when was the last time um, uh, Wall Street in mass, the, the real big players, learned much of anything or actually cared about any? The guys, what we are just a series of bubbles. Uh, last time it was the housing bubble. This time it might be student loans, if they're not forgiven, but even then. It, we are a series of bubbles because we don't learn from history. We don't understand the world around us. The same reason why we're headed for another crash, whenever that's going to be, it might be delayed for a while. The same reason why we're heading for another crash is the same reason why, um, why we had that conversation about worldview in North Korea yesterday is because we don't have leaders, for the most part, who truly have their eyes open to the realities of the world around them. Tell me I'm wrong, and then tell me that we're just uh, pimping Swiss. I, that's, that's the reality of the situation. It might not be tomorrow. It might not be next year. But I think one of the things that um, Jim said, these lefties of these big companies buying their own stock back just so, so they can do a sell-off two or three weeks before the election, mm-hmm. you know that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And my suggestion for President Trump would be articulate that to the American people. All right? Have a vision. You know, if that's actually going to happen, articulate it to the American people. That's hard to do. But, guys, we don't learn our lessons. Be thankful that the economy seems to be good right now and that a lot of people are are working and employed and gainfully employed, it seems like. But understand, you know, be wise as serpents here as well. I agree wholeheartedly uh with aaron but it's not it's not just our leaders this goes to what i talked about yesterday in that middle class regarding the rush limbaugh uh conversation and what they want uh and they don't want this goes to my gated community effect Uh, our, our our middle class wants comfort uh the 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 more you grow in that level of uh prosperity uh the more we've kind of defaulted to just saying that's a rite of passage and you talk about the natural ebbs and flows of genuine economic cycles and you you know you tighten your belt and you put pencil to paper and a envelope and you do the things i know in your own family you've done with the envelope and what's the guy i can't remember his name but things like that we don't know it's less like just make the trains run on time keep us comfortable keep us comfortable so if that's your bottom line as a uh, as a middle class your elites uh, will react uh, to that plus the, this are the more our elite class grows as our uh, middle class grows it's also increasingly concerned with you know what what a gender is instead of economics so our 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 eye on both fronts uh is not even remotely close uh, to on the ball, you, even those are a lot of fancy terms. And listen, when I listen to Jim Carrella talk, I have to work about as hard as I have to work on any topic when we're done, and that's including theology. You know, I can riff through that. You know, because there's just a lot going on. But behind that, I don't think what he's talking. The fundamental math is really not that complicated. He's he's not. Right. He didn't create a Rube Goldberg machine for us. He said this. This is really pretty simple at the end of the day. And the fact that most people don't, not only don't know that, but quite frankly, they, they just don't really care about the simple math these days. Just make it all go away. At the end of the day, whatever bubble burst, and Aaron's exactly right on that, it, 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 it's a combination. It, it's that relationship with the elites and with the middle class. And right now, it's just not a very good one. Here's the thing. You're exactly right. It is pretty simple, and that's that's not good. It actually should be far more complicated. If, if what's happened to economics is what's happened to science, 
we're not doing science. We're doing science. We're doing a, we're doing a, we're using science as a means to an end to advance a particular ideology. And that's why I don't need, you know, I, 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 I don't need to have the periodic table of elements memorized in order to debate most of these scientists because they're not doing science. If they were, I'd be way over my skis. They're doing religion. They're doing politics. They're not, they're not interested in pursuing an objective truth according to natural laws. They're interested in redefining those natural laws to make it what they want it to be. Okay, well, if we're going to do that, now you're in my wheelhouse. We're doing philosophy. So if we were sitting down here and debating, you know, I, I went to a school for advanced kids in the sixth grade in Grand Rapids, Michigan called the John Ballpark Zoo School. True story. Two kids, one girl, one boy of every elementary school in Grand Rapids in the fifth grade because for academic excellence get selected to go to this school. They may, I don't even know if it's still open or not. But one of the things you took there were advanced placement classes. You were essentially considered, you know, future academic elite material. One of the classes I took in the sixth, in the sixth grade at this uh, at zoo school, and it was called zoo school because we went to school at the zoo, uh, and was sponsored by the John Ball Park Foundation. That was the name of the zoo in Grand Rapids. And and one of the cool things we got to do is we got to like be junior zookeepers and be around the animals and stuff for our free time. So that was really cool, right? One of the classes we took was chemistry. I, it was the worst grade I got the whole year. I, I didn't understand any of it. So if we were doing chemistry, way out of my league. But we're not doing chemistry. We're doing. I need justification to do whatever I want with my wallet and my zipper, regardless of what chemistry formulas actually add up to. Okay. Well, if we're going to do that, we're doing philosophy now. Now I'm the home team. I'm pretty confident I can hang with almost anybody in that line of work. Particularly those of you that really don't know a damn thing about philosophy because you're really chemists. You're just, uh, you're unrepentant sinners who want the world to look the way you want it to look. You're the mob outside of Lot's house. And you're just tainting everything you touch to further that end. That's what we're doing in economics, too. I I hadn't heard most of the terms, never heard of most of the terms that Jim talked of. But in the end, his analysis was exactly what I've been telling you on this show. And it ain't because I'm as smart about this as Jim is. (laughs) Right? It's because we're not doing economics. There's a reason economists look frumpled. Um, You're dealing with the most important valuable commodity on this earth human productivity and and the resulting um currency and and funding and prop and and profit that is generated therein that ought to be a real complicated process except we're not doing that basically what we're doing is we're 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 unrestrained morally we want government to pay for all the bad choices we make and and we're just going to keep piling it up and printing fake money as long as we have the military might and economic intimidation with the dollar to force the rest of the world to go along with it. And as long as that is the case, we'll keep getting away with it. We'll just keep kicking the can down the road. All right. The next generation will see their homes and values inflate 300% when it was 180% for ours. But we'll just keep kicking the can down the road until somebody decides, you know what? I'm tired of you bullying me and I'm going to punch back. And then that's when we'll truly get an idea of whether we're back to doing real economics or not. But right now, we're not doing economics. We're doing geopolitical leverage. We're doing, I've got more weapons than you. I've got fancier armies than you. And the world uses my currency and not yours. So do we have a deal? This is more like Marlon Brando on the waterfront. All right. This, is, this, isn't, an, this isn't an economy, folks. It's a protection racket. 
until a new mob moves into the waterfront and decides, you know, we're going to offer this at a slightly discounted rate. You know, that's what's going on. This is, this is not an econ class. It's the freaking godfather. That's what's happening. And at some point, if somebody decides they want to step to us, cool. They'll either have the goods to do it or they won't. That's kind of what I heard, right? Yeah. Then we better freaking be paying for and continue to pay for world-class military as long as we're doing this. Because the moment that we don't, it's the, the, the jig's up. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. Yeah. That, that's, that's pretty much it. Yeah. We, we better budget more for sex reassignment surgery then because that's, that's, that's big in true, today's military, Todd. I'm told. That's true. There's more than a dozen states in this country where government is the number one industry. When you look at, when you look at the, the expenditures and, and jobs government is funding. What does that mean? It means the state's a loss leader because government doesn't have any money. It only takes from others. So artificial insemination, therefore, it is. And, and, and now what you have with a welfare state is it's really tough to, to say to the middle class when we're handing corporations, you know, all these tax credits and all these tax breaks and all these tax shelters. And, and, and it's really hard to say to the little guy in the middle class, you know what, you don't get your Social Security anymore that you paid into the system because it's, a, it's you know, those entitlements are like the biggest debts we have. Good luck making that argument. Won't work. You can't make that argument. This is why the Republicans get destroyed on class warfare. Because they're not for limited government. They're for making sure that their corporate interests get the money from government instead. And then you can't then argue, but that's why we just can't spend as much on Medicare and Medicaid. Good luck. You, it, it's, that's not a winning political argument. You can't win it. You can't. You're, you're you know... You're, you're telling the, the, the populations that vote with the higher vote totals, you're screwed so that our elitist uh, corporatist buddies get their handouts. You just can't win that argument, guys. You can't. And so now kind of everybody's in on the racket now. So as long as we're the most powerful military in the world, we'll have course corrections, you'll have recessions. But who would, who would call the note? Now, one day somebody might try, and then I guess we'll find out. Let's get to fake news or not. Brought to you by Home Title Lock. If you watched a recent episode of 60 Minutes and you own your own home, be warned. The FBI's former head of cybercrimes on there warning homeowners that foreign and domestic thieves can steal your home. Do it all online because that's where your mortgage is and where your home titles are kept in databases that can be hacked. The thieves hack in, then forge their names onto your paperwork, and then they borrow against your home equity using your home as collateral, sticking you with the payments, and you don't find out until those late notices, maybe even those foreclosure notices, start showing up. Don't let this happen to you, especially when for pennies a day, our friends at Home Title Lock will make sure it does not. Go to HomeTitleLock.com, register your home for a free title scan and report. Find out if your home's title has already been tinkered with or targeted for free at HomeTitleLock.com. Again, that's HomeTitleLock.com. Let's get to fake news or not. And we are back to regular order now. We're going to take a look at news sources and and platforms and figures that are not from the left America, but are meant to represent what is left of America. And we begin with this clip here. Go ahead. I think uh, what we need is a denuclearized uh, nuclear uh, Korean peninsula. And I, I was pleased to see Ambassador Bolton's recent comments uh, just recently here a few minutes ago, uh, the, the, saying this is not an accurate uh, position that's been discussed in the White House. All right. Yeah. So he did say that he tweeted that he and his staff 
have not heard of a nuclear freeze. Uh, he wasn't in North Korea, though, for this meeting with Kim and Trump. Do you, th- do you think it's possible? I mean, there have been some schisms between the president and Mr. Bolton recently on some foreign policy issues. Iran, for instance, do you think it's possible he's out of the loop? Well, you know, no, I don't think he's out of the loop. I think, um, you know, obviously the president's a disruptor. I think uh, the trip to the DMZ was a good move. I think that was a great optic uh, and a gesture uh, that needed to be made. But at the end of the day, a nuclear weapon in the hands of a Kim Jong-un is just something that I don't support, nor do I think many of our colleagues on both sides of the aisle support. All right, that's Republican Congressman Tom Reed from the president's home state of New York. Uh, his comments about uh, the president, uh, John Bolton at North Korea, who is the national security advisor, at least for now, he seems to be, uh, you know, in, in the doghouse at the moment. Uh, and then also calling the trip, quote, great optics. Fake news or not what you just heard there from the GOP congressman, Aaron? Uh, it's fake news. I, I don't see in what universe, um, you know, uh, kowtowing at any rate to, to uh, any degree. A murderous thug dictator like uh, Kim Jong-un, I, I don't see how that's good optics uh, on any level. I've seen people say, well, you got to start somewhere. I thought starting somewhere was last year. We are not somewhere now. We are still last year, and we're still kissing up to this idiot. Uh, so it's total fake news. It's not good optics. It is, well, it is if you have the magic R. But if you're living in, you know, trying to find the truth, objective truth, transcendent truth, I don't think it's good optics. Todd, fake news or not? Oh, it's fake news, except the part about him being a disruptor, which he genuinely is. But in terms of, you know, knowing what Trump's motives are, what where Bolton is with his relationship, I, this guy or nobody really has any idea. And I don't think Trump really has a care in the world about denuclearization. That's not as about I, Steve, you, you were talking about it uh Yesterday, and we've talked about it more broadly in the distant past. But th- I think he's if if he's there in a way that makes sense to the way we think Donald Trump works at all. He isn't he probably there? And we just got done talking about China to keep China off balance in some way. Just it, just like with the the tariffs, exactly. It's as good as any other reason. Yeah, I, I so, I, but I but does anybody really believe that Donald Trump ran for president because denuclearization was a high priority on his list? I, no. All right. Another notion of great optics, part two. Next. 자유의 집 내부 화면입니다. 카메라가 지금 이동하고 있고요. 정상이 간 곳을 향해서 카메라가 하고 있습니다. Now, what you're watching here is the North Korean security detail is not letting the, uh, and I, pardon me, I forgot Stephanie her name. Grisham. Thank you. Uh, the successor to Sarah Sanders Huckabee, or Sarah Huckabee Sanders. Uh, she's the new White House spokesperson. That's North Korea's security detail not letting her through um, to get where she needs to go uh, as part of the uh, the, the president's um I guess we'd call it attache following uh, in the with the meeting with North Korea. Fake news or not? There, what do you think? What? Um, it's it's great. It's not. It's I. I don't know. I mean, maybe having a female, you know, uh, press secretary being roughed up by the people who you uh, say you're trying to root woo. Maybe that's good optics in their culture. That's that's all I got. So. I've heard all-out brawl. That's not what I saw there. I've heard that she was actually going to bat for members of the media and trying to act on their behalf, which is an interesting look for the uh, Trump White House. Uh, this is—it's fake news because I, I, 
Who knows? I can't wait to get your reaction to this next clip. That's a great workout song, by the way. But fake news or not, gentlemen. <laughs> kind of asked and answered, isn't it? I don't. Do I even have to do the? I think we know what everybody would be saying. If all the shoes were on the other feet, right? Right? I mean, this is, let's face it, though. Let's let's be honest. You have no BS. Let's not lie to each other. Aaron, you were telling me on our Facebook page, Mm. right? Our Facebook watch page, the one that actually seems to get some uh, followers. Yeah. On our Facebook watch page, you put out the clip of me interviewing Congressman Chip Roy last week. Yep. Urging him. Uh, as the former former deputy attorney general of the state of Texas and now a member of Congress, to tell the courts to stick it where the sun don't shine, and um, uh, and secure the border. Yep. How many views did that get? I want to. Can I add some more context to that? Yeah. That was shared by all of the platforms, including Conservative Review, multiple times on uh, both Facebook and Twitter. Uh, it was promoted in an article written by Chris Pandolfo from Conservative Review as well. Mm-hmm. It got 55,000 views. That's, that's not bad. It's not, it's not okay. bad at all. All right, so your latest montage clip, Bleep Democrats Say, um, which is just full of them making total clowns out of themselves, and we, we put that on the Days Group every Friday. You put that clip out, Yep. okay, which doesn't get, didn't get nearly that level of promotion. Nope. Organically on its own, how many views does it have? It's approaching 350,000 views. This is why we're not rich. You know, and I'm not, we're not victims, by the way. We made choices. We decided we'd rather be able to, you know, we got enough things in life to apologize for. We didn't want to have to have this on this red in our ledger, too. We're grown ass men. We made this choice, right? Yes. We don't sit around here just whining about it all the time. But if you want to know why I live in Des Moines and why, you know, it's funny when you guys send me emails acting like, you know, I may work with some of, or, or, or work in the same industry as some of these people. They're making greater, far greater amounts of money than I'm making, folks. And one of the reasons why, not always, sometimes it's just because they're better than we are. Let's not forget that, too. But there's all kinds of people that are just making huge bank doing this because the content you would rather have is stuff like that. Trump walking up to, with DJ Khaled doing All I Do Is Win as as he, you know, um, elevates the bull-haired cut to butcher of Pyongyang one more time. You guys, that's what you'd rather have, you know? And rather than an honest, objective discussion I mean, about how do we actually win the Korean Peninsula. I, I, I'm going to say as well, I, I don't think you mean it this way. I mean, if you're watching this show and you have been for a while, sure. 
then you probably have taken the red pill or the blue pill. I can't remember because you wouldn't put up with uh, some of the things that we say on a, on, a, on a given basis. But when you're saying you, and I don't want to put words in your mouth, but when you're saying you, no, this is a good distinction. Just, uh, that's the collective you. That's the market in yeah. general. And chances are, if you were offended by that, you, you're you probably, probably don't, don't you, watch the show. Yeah, you're probably one of those people. <laughs> Everybody else that was like, we totally know who you're talking about. I mean, it's just, that's, that, those are the market realities. That content is what most of our people want. Yes. And it's not even about Trump. They wanted it under Bush. This, that's why I'm not really verklempt about it, because people are acting like Trump's the first Republican that's created this sellout industry. Dude, you guys, I can't even tell you what the current governor of ambassador to China and former Iowa governor wanted me canned constantly Bush people, Romney people wanting me canned constantly. This, this is not new. It's just not new. Let's go to the next clip. What you just heard from Senator Graham was he characterized the debate stage as, you know, too extreme for those who are those triers, those people in the middle, maybe even some Republicans who aren't comfortable with president Trump. Is there anyone yet who they'd feel comfortable voting for on that stage? Well, I think that the Democrats right now, uh, the candidates are not concentrating on swing voters. They're not concentrating certainly on persuadable Republicans. And the process of winning the primaries may be pushing them too far to the left on some issues. Look, I think that the Trump re-election campaign had a very good week, not because of anything the president did, but the front runner, Joe Biden, got dinged in the debates. Three of his top rivals came out for outlawing the kind of health insurance that 200 million Americans rely on. Um, they are, they are on a, in a race to the left on immigration. Um, all of these things are going to make people who don't necessarily love everything that the president does think, I don't know if I'm comfortable with this other side. Uh, it's Ramesh Panuru. That's how, that's pronounced correctly, right? Yeah, I think okay. so. From National Review, um, fake news or not, his analysis of what happened last week with those debates. Uh, not. You wrote a column about that uh, last week. Uh, that nailed it. Yeah, in a nutshell, that's President Trump's best hope. Yes. I mean, they are, they're, they're, they've come to rescue him. I mean, there, there's no safe harbor. You know, and so essentially you either have uh, a high view of the Trump presidency in an aspirational nature, or you have the view of, eh, kind of typical of, you know, politics, nothing has really changed. And then you have uh, the Bolshevik revolution. That, that's, you know, they're, they're not offering, and I know, with, well, Steve, they got to win the primary first. It's a different environment, though. I mean, everything they're putting on the record and saying right now is all going to be accessed and utilized in the general. And you're not going up against an opponent who's going to drop too many. Well, I don't want to question the motives and integrity of my Democratic opponent. No, he's, he's, going, to, he's going to question your birthright, your reason for being. He's going to question everything. All right? Uh, and it's clear that they're not preparing themselves for that if you watched those debates last week. Pop Culture Tuesday is next. <laughs> If you're looking for, you know, a unique opportunity to pass on the things that we're trying to conserve. I mean, I, somebody asked me on my Facebook page today, I hear you talking all the time about what conservatism isn't. When do you ever talk about what it actually is? I, I kind of think we talk about that all the time. 
wasn't that like the main theme of last year's show um, was worldview, you know, defining conservative. It's the main thing in this book, Truth Bombs. Uh, and the other books that I've written as well, um, you know, we've done how many shows, written how many columns on what it is, but we're getting new people all the time. So if that's you, we don't believe conservatism is an ideology. We believe it's an observational science. We believe that w that the, the root word of any term is what it w is what it actually means. Uh, the root word of conservatism is conserve. So we're conservationists. We're trying to conserve. What are we trying to conserve? The things that history has revealed to be what is best, true, beautiful for the human condition, for this and future generations. If you want to know where some, if not many, of those things we're trying to conserve came from, take a look at this cruise that, uh, that, that Glenn Beck and some of the VIPs at The Blaze have put together for next year. It's called The Cruise Through History. Uh, you're going to go through the Eastern Mediterranean. You're going to visit Italy, Croatia, Jerusalem, Israel, Athens, Greece. I mean, really, you're going to explore the roots of Western civilization. Venice, the birthplace of commerce. Greece, the origin of the Republican democracy. And then uh, you're going to go to, to the Holy Land. You're going to walk where Christ and the disciples walked to find out where did the moral compass where did the, the, the foundation of this thing we call Western civilization, where did it come from? If you want to go on this trip, you can take your kids and grandkids. It'll be plenty of fun, nightlife, fine food, but some fun learning as well. All right. Once in a lifetime trip next spring, go to comesailaway.com. That's the website. That's comesailaway.com. All right, gentlemen, um, let's get to Pop Culture Tuesday this week, where we take a look at the intersection between pop culture and conservatism, brought to you by our friends at Real Estate Agents I Trust. If you're getting into the real estate market, make sure you find an agent that you can trust. Uh, and they're not as easy to find as you think. And there's a lot of other referral services out there, but a lot of those are about finding clients for agents. This one, Real Estate Agents I Trust, is about finding worthy agents for you, the client. If you want to learn more or find a real estate agent that you can trust, it's one click away. Just go to the website, realestateagentsitrust.com. Don't just take people's word for it. These are agents that have been fully vetted, all right? And you'll find them at realestateagentsitrust.com. So this was like the number one trending podcast in the world like last week or the week before. And Joe Rogan, uh, many of us remember him from Fear Factor. Did you guys watch that show back in the day? I remember it. Yeah, we like to watch it. We still watch the reruns every now and then. I remember him from the sitcom he was on, News Radio. Oh, wow. He was on that? I forgot he was on that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. he was the uh, he, he was, was the, the tech, janitor. He was or the tech, tech, tech guy. guy. Yeah, I totally forgot he was on that <laughs> with Phil Hartman. Yeah, was oh, a great I remember man, the show. That was a great show. Yeah. I only watched a few episodes, but I totally forgot that he was on that. Yeah. Um, but uh, Fear Factor was a was a really cool show. They brought they've brought it back actually. Some former rapper is now the host, just not quite the same. Maybe because I'm older now, but. He's got a podcast that delves into, and I just found out about this a couple of weeks ago. I didn't even know this. So he has a podcast that delves into a myriad, a cornucopia of topics. And it's a huge podcast. And when I saw this trending last week, and, I, and, I, and it's not just that I saw it trending. Because if it was just this topic and it was the number one trending podcast on iTunes, I... I I would have been like, I got other things to do. But this began having crossover appeal. I'll give you some examples. 
Uh, I have subscribed as a Michigan fan. I've subscribed to the Rivals.com Michigan website for going on 15 years called The Wolverine. And the number one most commented thread on their subscriber message board was about this podcast. So, so when I start seeing things of, of dealing with of an existential nature that start now appearing in multiple forms. As people were talking about this on Twitter. There's a accompanying uh, documentary about this. Bob Lazar, who was the person that uh, that Joe interviewed um, on Netflix right now. So that's what draws me in. It's a subject matter I used to read a ton about. Uh, that's why I know m- most of this is BS. Most of this are, you know, inbreds and trailer parks telling you that they got, you know, uh, uh, anal forceps from little gray aliens. That's what most of it is. And Rogan even says this in the podcast. But when I, I'm like, hey, if this is now moving beyond kind of its normal boundaries, right? It, it's 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 leaving the normal enclaves of of people that are fascinated by this topic and obsessed with it, and it's it's now getting into the mainstream. The 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 the, it's getting into the bloodstream and other places in the culture. I'm like, you know what? As a believer with a prominent platform, I kind of feel like I need to be aware when things of an existential nature indicate that kind of crossover appeal. Have you considered, though, that because of the hardships Michigan Wolverine fans have faced because of football, their fan base has basically turned into the Art Bell show? Have you considered that? (laughs) Have you cross-referenced? Is this happening to Iowa fans and Wisconsin fans as well? Yes, I would imagine uh, winning uh, 10 games throughout the last four years much like the suffering Colin Kaepernick has endured. I only know about the hardships endured. because you tell me them. We no, see no, your no, face there, when there, you walk there, in there's here. A, there's, a, there's a fourth Saturday in November that has been an excruciating, not even a hardship. It is, it, it's been Batan. It's been a death march. <laughs> All right, but that aside. I digress. I apologize. Yes, there's, there's a lot of teams that would like to have winning 10 games three of the last four years as, as their version of, I just can't handle this anymore. Fair? Fair. Fair. So, you know, this is why we've talked, you know, I, this is why I remain fascinated with the horror genre, um, even though there's much of what's called horror today isn't horror. It's splatter porn. It's gorn. It, it's it's torture porn. I, I'm not interested in any of that. But that's why I'm interested in like the Conjuring series, because they're they're actually utilizing spiritual warfare with Christian imagery and terminology as the affirmative weapon against evil. So yeah, I'm I'm fascinated when, and I think we as believers, you know, provided that you know you go into an arena that doesn't cause you to succumb to it, right? That's one of Paul's multiple warnings in the New Testament is when you go to minister to people caught in deception or or caught in sin, make sure you don't end up you know succumbing to it as well. Which is why, you know, um, for me, I I don't have a problem going with. Um, my non-Christian buddies to watch a ball game at a sports bar. I'm I've not really, I'm not a big drinker when it, when I turned 21. And so the taboo was worn off even long before I became a Christian. I was like, I'm not really a huge fan of this and I can do without it. Now, if, if you have a history of alcoholism for you, that's probably not the place to go hang out. Right? So, you know, Icarus don't fly too close to the sun. Now I was fascinated by this topic and these sorts of occultish things when I was younger, but I haven't really looked at any of this stuff seriously in 20 years. So I decided to listen to this podcast. 
And then I attempted to watch the accompanying Netflix documentary, which is really boring. At least it bored me. I, I fell asleep about 20 minutes into it. The podcast, though, is riveting. So what is it about this podcast? Because Rogan's podcast may be, you know, hugely popular, but I don't believe he's a big enough name that, hey, Joe Rogan's talking about UFOs, so it's going to populate, it's going to show up in my feeds, on my sports message boards. There must be another angle here that makes it compelling. And the angle actually isn't Joe Rogan. It's a guy named Bob Lazar. So Bob Lazar, um, 30 years ago, appeared on Nevada television locally saying that he's an astrophysicist that was commissioned by the U.S. government to work on one of their multitudes of alien spacecraft. And that Area 51 is the area in Hangar 18. They even made a movie about that when you and I were kids. It was called Hangar 18. And Area 51, about what went on in the New Mexico desert and all that other stuff. Um, he actually says it's a region called S4 is where the really, is where the, is, is where the real happens. And that the U.S. government had more than a half dozen alien ships and they were attempting to reverse engineer them, meaning understand the technology uh, backwards so that they could then adopt it for use here on terra firma. And he, is, he was blowing the whistle, even though he loved doing this work. He was blowing the whistle because his concern was when one of these alien spacecraft was powered by anti-gravity and antimatter properties, technology that doesn't exist anywhere on planet Earth at that point, he was concerned that we were tampering with things that could have weapon of mass destruction-like um, uh, consequences. And it could endanger innocent people. And he used the analogy of, imagine if we gave atom-splitting technology, which we used to make the atom bomb. Imagine if we went back to Victorian England and handed them that technology and said, hey, reverse engineer this. Can you imagine what, would, what could potentially occur without truly understanding, even on a basic level, the full ramifications of the technology that they were handling and dealing with? And, and so 30 years ago, he came forward, and I don't remember this guy's name, but there's all kinds of, I did some research, there's a ton of footage about this guy. Now, what makes him unique, you know, who's the guy who claimed he was alien abducted, Whitney something was his name, and he's become a huge, he's a huge speaker at all of these, you know, UFO abduction conferences and stuff, is Lazar has not been this guy. So he has ducked and dodged a lot of the exposure and acclaim. He hasn't written a whole bunch of best-selling books and stuff. Um, it's wrecked his life. Uh, he claims he's a Harvard and MIT graduate. There's no records of him being ever a student at these places. Um, a lot of his identity and stuff has been erased. You know, a few years ago, I probably would have said, I think that's you know uh, conspiracy horse pucky, but we're now in an era where the FBI decided to at the at the really the bequest of a, the Democratic presidential candidate take um, unverified partisan intelligence that was paid for by an agency contracted by that Democrat presidential candidate take it to the American court system in order to obtain a license to spy on her political opponent. So it doesn't seem that fantastical to me right now.
I mean, the FBI is getting sued. See, one of the Parkland survivors filed a lawsuit yesterday Mm -hmm. about ignoring all the warnings that the FBI field office, you know, received down there. The FBI field office in Lansing, Michigan, just ignored the warnings about Larry Nassar, the worst child predator in American history. So, So in light of that, his claims that because of what I saw, the feds erased my existence doesn't seem as as fantastical for me to believe as it might have a few years ago. I'm not here to litigate the whole UFL case or, or story. I, I have no idea if there is life on other planets and um, I've got other things to, I've got this planet and its concerns right now to, to, to be primarily concerned about, okay? What fascinated me about this podcast, so I'll let other people discuss that topic. What fascinated me about this podcast was Joe Rogan. Because I agreed with 100% with about 50% of the things that he was saying. He's concerned that of the, of the, the, the focus on materialism and the, and, and, and the focus on what, you know, we're just acquiring stuff. We're, we're going further into debt. We're getting meaning out of what, what is it that we, most of us as Americans are focused on every day? that we pursue, that we ruin marriages and relationships over, really in the end matters, right? You know, a lot of us as men think that what our family wants the most is for us to provide a good living. They do want you to do that. But you know what they want even more than that? You and your time, right? Nobody, we, apparently we stopped listening to the cats in the cradle like in 1982 or something, right? And, and, and he, he is spending a good deal of this podcast discussing these things. Because, see, he understands, he's being honest, that he really understands they're not having a scientific conversation. They're really having a philosophical one. Because, see, he's interested in the UFOs for aspirational reasons, not just inquisitive ones. He's looking for deliverance. He's looking for purpose. He's looking for salvation. He's looking for meaning. There needs to be more to life than just stuff randomly, you know, roaming from experience to experience. There's got to be more to life than this. And so Bob Lazar and his story and, and the fact that Lazar has spent most of his years since being a whistleblower 30 years ago on this topic in hiding, that he has not been a glory hound. Um, that he's and 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 the reason this is a topic now is this guy did this Netflix documentary on him after trying to get Bob Lazar to agree to do this documentary for years and he wasn't willing to do it. And finally, he stopped trying to convince him on fame, fortune. He convinced him on your story is important. It has real meaning. If there's other life in the universe, it changes the way we view our own lives here on this planet. So Lazar is driven to put himself out there when for much of the last 30 years since initially becoming a whistleblower, he has been not willing to. He is finally driven to come forward and come out into the light again because he too is striving for meaning and purpose. He wants meaning and purpose in his view of his own suffering for what he believes is the truth that he witnessed. He wants meaning and suffering. Rogan wants to know 
Rogan is saying, you know, I've done it all. I mean, he's he's literally promoting like hallucinogenic mushrooms and as a commercial on his podcast. I've had every experience. I've done it all. I've been on a network TV show. I didn't even know that. Two of them. And it and it didn't satisfy me. I'm still longing for something. What's what is what's the meaning and purpose of all of this? To Rogan, this story is soterological. And for those of you who don't know what that means, that's a fancy theological term for the study of salvation. This is a salvationary construct to him. And that's why I agreed 100% with 50% of what he said. Because all of his complaints are exactly true. But he, the solution he wants is the one right in front of him. There is a God. You were made in his image. And you were put here for a purpose. To, fill out, to, to fulfill his purposes for your life. And barring the fulfillment that comes from honoring him, you will lack fulfillment in your life. Regardless of your experiences and your wealth and your fame and your cliques and your theories. We've talked already this week about corporations weaponizing against us. And, and there's not everywhere you can go to do business with people who share your values. Luckily, one of them involves a business almost every American has to take part in today. Your mobile phone. All right. Uh, Patriot Mobile was a company created back in 2013 by conservatives tired of seeing their money go to causes they don't support. And since 2015, with their profits, they have quietly raised over $2 million for conservative causes. This is a company worthy of your support, especially when they've got unlimited plans starting as low as $25 a month. And if you make the switch now, they'll throw in a free month of service on all of your new lines. To learn more, go to patriotmobile.com slash blaze. Free month of service on all new lines at patriotmobile.com slash blaze. It's a fascinating podcast. I'd urge you to listen to it on your own and see if you pick up on what I noticed. He's looking for meaning, purpose, and salvation. Just looking in the wrong places. We're going to stick around and tape an overtime for our subscribers. To the rest of you, see you tomorrow. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.